This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, the podcast where I talk to people that I like about things that make me go, Bitch, there's no way that's true. Before I get into my conversation that I had with psychic medium Logan Taylor, I want to tell you that I'm going on the road, baby. I'm going to come see you because I'm doing stand-up. And I'm going to be headlining a couple of different venues. And then don't worry, I'm going to be adding more dates as time goes on. But this is kind of my first time going out there on the road by myself. And so I'm going to be headlining at Stonewall in New York City. Legendary. Oh, my God. That is on the 8th of November as part of the New York Comedy Festival. I will be on the 30th of November in Seattle at the Hereafter. On the 1st of December, I'm packing my passport and going to Vancouver, B.C. to the Biltmore. And then on the 3rd of December, I'm going to Portland at Helium Comedy Club. So you can get your tickets on those venues' websites or... Go to the link in my bio on Instagram, and you can get them there. Okay. So, you know, at the top of the show today, I did say something about, you know, sometimes I I get a little skeptical. People tell me things that are of the paranormal nature, and I'm like, come on. There's no way. I am skeptical. I am not a non-believer. I am merely a human. I do not have all the answers. I would love to believe that there is more out there. Every once in a while, I get little glimpses of things that make me believe that there could be more than what we see with the naked eye. One topic that really, really gets my skepticism going is the topic of psychics. If you listen to this show, you've heard me talk a lot about psychics over the years. My opinions have changed a couple years ago or so, and I'm constantly forming new opinions and thoughts and theories. But after working with three psychics very closely on the television show Living for the Dead, which you can start streaming on Hulu the 18th of October, I will say after that experience, my opinions of psychics really hasn't changed. And I am definitely pro-psychics, at least the idea of psychics, the concept of them. I'm not going to say just because someone's a psychic, I 100% believe that they're not trying to like rip you off 
or, you know, get money out of you or whatever. I, I don't know. But some of my thoughts on psychics are that I definitely think that it's a, an ability that is possible. I think everybody has the ability. I think some people have it stronger than others. I believe that psychics are allowed to be wrong. I, I think they should be able to not always get everything right. They are human beings. They have this magic power that perhaps we all have, but they just are really in tune with it. They're not gods. So, you know, anytime someone goes to a psychic looking for all the answers to the problems, I, I'm not nuts about that. And, you know, people ask me to recommend psychics. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you in that situation. You just maybe follow your own intuition of which psychic feels right to you. But the psychics that I worked with on this show, I definitely saw each and every one of them at various points show their gifts. And I'm someone that I need a second opinion. Just because a psychic says something, I'm like, okay, I'm going to jot that one down. You know, I'm a detective over here with the paranormal. I got I to gotta ask some more questions. I got to try out a couple of different things, you know. Sometimes when we would investigate together, I would consult some of the technology or do some more research or interview people that might know the answers to what the psychic said. And yeah, I mean, I totally had confirmation with these three psychics. They're all really incredible. I think when you watch the television show, you're going to see, first of all, it's a show that is very different than what you've seen when it comes to ghost hunting shows for a lot of reasons. I mean, it is an all-queer cast. And by the way, I just want to say I'm dedicating my whole month to this show, but I want people to see it and to talk about it and to hear about it because if we want shows like this, shows that are doing stuff differently, shows with all queer casts, paranormal shows, if we want any of this stuff, people need to watch it and people, you know, need to like it, which I strongly believe you will if you do watch it. So please tell your friends, spread the word. When you watch the show, you will see us helping the people that are in these situations where their lives are being strongly affected by ghosts or unexplained phenomena. And we go in there with a mission, and we definitely do a lot of our due diligence, whether you see it in the episode or not. I think particularly like me and Alex, for example, we, we really like the technical side of it. We like to to get as many different concrete answers as we can. Then there's the three psychics that use various different ways of getting to the bottom of it by using their intuitions. We spent so many hours and days uh, in each one of these investigations. But I promise you, as the one that's the skeptic and somebody that has really dedicated my life to this stuff, I promise you we are trying so many different techniques, and those were grueling hours getting to where we end up by the end of the episode. So today, I get to talk to Logan Taylor, who is our medium. Though, you know, we do have a few people with different mediumistic abilities, uh, psychic abilities, but Logan is particularly amazing at tuning in to people that have passed 
to the other side. And it's incredible. You're going to fall in love with him. Um, he's really got something special. And um, I get to talk to him today. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Logan Taylor. On with the show. I'm getting a message. The spirits are telling me that someone is in the room. Somebody with the initials L. T. Is it Liv Tyler? <laughs> Lily Tomlin? No. Logan Taylor. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hello, Logan. How are you? I'm so glad to be here. This is a dream come true. I, I'm just honored. I feel starstruck. You feel starstruck, please. And I spent two months on the road with you. Oh, my God, you silly goose. I'm nothing if I'm not charming, Roz. You were about to say something before we started recording. I said, save it. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say that ever since we announced being on this show, everybody's been so excited. But the biggest reaction I've gotten from people is that, oh, my God, you're doing a show with Roz Hernandez. And it's people from here, McMinnville, you know, people who, you know, are just country folk. I love it. You are a global phenomenon, babe. Oh, my God. I made my way to McMinnville, Tennessee. I mean, you made the big time. Holy shit. Well, that is something that we should talk about, is that you are McMinnville, Tennessee's finest. And now you're a television star. What's been going through your mind? How do you feel about that? I'm wondering if I'm going to get ran out of town, but I'm excited about it and I'm ready for it. Why do you say that? Is it hard to be a psychic and queer and all that in Tennessee? I live in a really small town where there are more churches than there are restaurants. And people were more freaked out by the whole psychic medium thing than they were by the gay thing. I've had preachers here preach sermons about me being evil and all this stuff. I have people dodge me in the grocery store all the time. and Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I've had, I have a lot of people who know me and know that once they get to know me or get a reading themselves, they're like, oh, he's not, you know, making the table levitate and rolling his eyes back in his head and stuff. That's just not my style. But I don't know. I've embraced it. And being on the show actually helped me sort of see a full version of myself. So it was really good. You know, it's sad, but it's just true. And I've talked to many people from smaller towns about this. Once you're on a TV show, all of a sudden these people don't care about their things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just like, I don't like queer people or whatever. And then they're like, oh, but this one's on TV. Oh, can I have a picture with you? Like, fuck off. No, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's that reaction. And I think it will be because I'm proud of it. I love the show. Well, I want to talk about the show. But first, I want to talk about what you do and who you are and all of this. So you're the medium of the group. Yes. Tell me about that. When did that start for you? What was the first moment you said, I see dead people? <laughs> I was really actually young, and it runs in my family. It's a generational thing, so my great-great-grandmother was very into it, and all of my family has had psychics through the line. So I was familiar with it, but I remember distinctively being like 10 or 11 years old, and I have twin sisters who are much younger than me. And they were just starting to walk, and I was walking through my 
bedroom at the time in my childhood home and a little girl ran by me and she left a little handprint on my leg. Like there was like a little, you know, and I thought it was one of the twins. And I said, oh, sorry, babe. And I look at the top of the stairs and they're both up there. And that was the first real apparition that I saw and felt was human. Who the hell was that? I don't know. I still to this day don't know. I didn't investigate. I didn't see if anybody died in the house before we lived there. I did not know. But that was, it changed everything for me. I tell people all the time that this is crazy. And it's like, I myself am a skeptic. So I feel like I have to know it and sense it for it to be true. I've been trying to get out of this business all these years. Because like I said, I felt judged by people here, you know, but I'm never going to get out of this. I never expected to be a professional psychic. I never expected that. That little girl, she's lucky she didn't do that to me. I've got cat-like reflexes. I would have grabbed her wrist and put it, like, behind her back, and I would have said, touch me again. You would have whipped her with that ponytail. Yes, I would have. You already know. So when you say that your family also were psychics, were you, like, raised with this idea that that's just, like— a thing that people are or what? No, it was very, it was very sort of hidden and discreet. My grandfather was a, a deacon in the church. I mean, he was just the amount of psychic ability my great grandfather would have and just not even really talk about it. Now, his mom was very open. I have journals and articles of her stuff that she would write about her her visions and her encounters. And she was very into herbs and everything. But we actually have... It sounds kind of corny, but there's a big rock or a crystal that my great-great-grandmother discovered. I live on my family farm. It's a 300-acre farm. My whole family lives here. And she discovered this geo back in the 30s, and I guess she blessed it. I don't know what she did to it. But we all, all the psychics who are sort of outwardly psychic, my aunt being the first, we get little chunks of a crystal that we get to keep around us when we do investigate or we do readings or things like that. And you wear it. I wear it. You wear it on the show. Yeah. You said she was into herbs. Are you into herbs? Um. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, my God. I love Palo Santo. I love lavender. I love a good sage sesh. I love it all. Are you, like, witchy, I mean? I burn, like, my Palo Santo. I have my crystals. I, I do the pendulum stuff. I more burn that stuff so it smells good and, like, it makes it feel light in my house, you know. But I I wish I was more. I have friends and, like, teachers who are, like, their house is full of jars of herbs. And, like, it's typical what you'd see in an old, like, mountain, mountain witch house. But I just, I don't know if I'm smart enough for all that. So at what point did you start giving readings to people? At what point were you like, okay, I think I could do this and charge people? I remember two stories specifically. Before I was 16 and my friend and I were swimming in my pool and I I felt this, I didn't know if she had lost her mom. It wasn't something she talked about. And her mom came through just naturally. We were just talking and she was so blown away by it. She was crying. And it was just, like I said, still casual. And then right after high school, my friends would get me to like go to cemeteries and they'd be like, I'd say you know, a name I saw of some random abstract name and they would have me go find the, you know, they would take me somewhere where they, they played games with me, basically. That's a fun game. I know, it was fun. But it was like, I was like, okay, there's something to this. My 
cousin would take me to parties in like literally a barn or a shack behind somebody's house and I'd read all his friends and like they'd be, it was just, it seemed like it was something I had to do. So I was 18 when I started reading professionally. And so now I've been doing it for 10 years. Like I said, never thought I'd say that, but. How much do you do it? Like walk me through your psychic life. I read every weekday. Same people or like, do you have a lot of repeat customers? I, I do have a lot of repeat customers, but it's actually surprisingly not as many people from here. It's people from all over the world. When I'm not doing readings or ghost hunting, I travel around the country and do like little gallery readings at little metaphysical shops and meet a lot of people that way. You make people cry. I've seen you make people cry. <laughs> now, does that secretly feel a little bit good? Are you like... Well, yeah, when they cry, I'm like, okay, I did a good job. I, I know that sounds bad, but if somebody's bawling their eyes out through the reading, I'm like, okay, I did something right. But it's it's healing. It's good. I have a hard time crying. I, I really, so when people can cry and let out those emotions, I love it. It's so interesting because it's like the opposite of what I try to do. If people started crying, I would be doing a horrible job at my job. <laughs> but when people start crying for you, it's like, you did it. You're killing. <laughs> No, that's why we're so good together. I, I've said this before, but I really think that psychics are similar to comedians. Totally. And, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on psychics. Mm. And I definitely tend to be more skeptical of psychics. Yes. But to give the benefit of the doubt to psychics, I often compare it to being a comedian or having a sense of humor where I... I think that everyone can have a sense of humor. You can develop it. Some people are just born with a great sense of humor. And I think that when you start doing it for a living, sometimes you have bad days on the job and sometimes you just absolutely slay. And I think that there can be a mix of the both. You can, you know, not every joke lands. You can have like a couple of really good zingers in there, but some of them aren't great. Like I think it's, you know, when you say a sense of humor, it is a sense, you know, the sixth sense. Mm hmm. I think it's like something within people that um, is human, even though it seems superhuman or whatever. It's like a magical power. But I do think that as a human, you can have good days, you can have bad days. And as I always say, if a psychic was right 100% of the time, they would be a god. We would just worship them and go to them for every answer in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't get to cheat, and that's a lot of thing when people do want to put you to the test. A really famous psychic, I can't remember who it was, said, we have to have the human experience like everybody else. So people will be like, what's the lottery number? Tell me X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, you know, I don't, I can't tell you that. That's, that's your experience. But I will tell you, everybody's intuitive. You're right. It's a, it's a born trait. We all have intuition. It protects us. It keeps us safe. You know, it's our conscience. But I feel like to, paint this picture that it's all perfect all the time is unrealistic. And I, I, I'm like, that's why I, I myself am skeptical because I have to be really mindful of if I'm being paranoid or if I'm having a vision, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, I have to sort of understand that I'm a human too. And I had to release that expectation a long time ago that I had to be right 100% of the time or I had to make every single person cry. I had to realize that everybody's experience is for them. I tell my clients, you're not here by coincidence and neither am I. So let's just ride this wave together. And it, you know, people seem to love it. So 
This always feels like such a demeaning question, but you know what I mean. Okay. What are your abilities? Can you hear? Can you smell? Can you taste? So when I was a kid, I could see full body apparitions like you like you talk about imaginary friends big time. And the older I got, and it was even like that when I first started reading, but the older I've gotten and lived more life, it's like, it's become more of a feeling. I see it in my third eye. I see it sort of in my brain and I feel it that way. A lot of times I'm connecting with souls or loved ones, but also I will receive messages just for that person. So I can't call my, it is a psychic medium because I guess the term psychic is just past, present, future, intuiting type stuff. And then a medium, I guess you would consider somebody who interacts with spirits. And so I do a little bit of all of it. But that's why, like, when I think about if this kind of a thing is real or not, (laughs) and I talk to psychics and I'm like, so there was a time when you were a child and you started just seeing dead people. I mean, that sounds horrible. Yeah. How do you deal with that? I mean, was that tough? Luckily, I had my aunt who was very supportive. And, you know, when I couldn't talk to mom about it, I would talk to my aunt about it. I have this one specific memory being in church. And I started crying in the middle of church because I, a girl who was sitting a few rows down, I was little. I, this is when I still went to church. Uh, I just started crying because I felt like her mom was going to die. And I didn't know what. And I didn't say anything. I was just in the middle. Oh, damn. I know. Heavy shit. Then the next day at school, they announced and let us know that her mom had passed away in a car wreck the night before. And that was the that was the point where I realized it wasn't just fun and games. I've had a few instances in my life and experiences that were so profound. And it was just like, this is bigger than just a game. It's It's more than that. That was when it felt really real and like a responsibility. And so as a kid, I I luckily did have older family members who I could lean on. Do you have those moments where you're like Teresa Caputo at the deli (laughs) and you're like, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to tell you, you are going to die tomorrow. (laughs) Do you tell people? Like, does that happen? I try to, one thing about me, I do try to be really particular about what I say. And, you know, I try not to... Let people know I know all their dirty laundry. But like I've been in, I've gotten pulled over before and given the cop a reading and gotten out of the ticket. Stop. I swear on everything I loved years ago. Yeah, it's stuff like that all the time. But I've gotten to where I don't do it as much because people usually always have a very gut-wrenching reaction. And sometimes I'm like, you really didn't sign up for this. So I've kind of, I try to lay off of that as much as I can. But sometimes it's just so much that I can't help it. Okay, I'm getting an idea for myself. Okay. I think I'm going to start going up to people in stores (laughs) and just be like, I'm so sorry. This is so weird, but I'm a psychic. (laughs) And I just have to let you know that those pants do not go without shirt. I'm so sorry. I just had had to tell you. I think I'm going to start doing that. I'm telling you, I feel like when this is all said and done, you're going to be seeing ghosts like the rest of us. I've said before, I'm the most psychic in this group. You really are. I'm so psychic. I have been right so many times on things, but I'm not a talking to dead people kind of psychic. You know people. Yes, I know the living pretty well. Like, really what I think it is, is collecting data 
And, you know, you could easily say it's very judgmental or something, but I'll be around a person, sometimes it takes longer than others, but I'll be like, okay, I can see that this is the kind of person that deals with this and that way and this and that way, and they have this opinion about that. So then I'll be like, "Mm, I have a feeling that this person's going to do this or that or what, I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily psychic. I think it's like just collecting data and being really observant, observing Sherlock Holmes style. Yeah, very much. I'm a detective. That's me as a paranormal investigator. I am a detective. That's right. So does it feel different when you like, how do you know that it's a ghost or like a deceased person or just a thought in your head? Or how do you know that that's a ghost that you see and not just a living person? Do you ever go and poke someone and be like, (laughs) does my finger go through them? There have been a couple of times in my life where I have felt that maybe like I was, I don't want to say going crazy, but there have been times where I've questioned if this was somebody who was real or somebody who was, you know, a spirit. And I feel like, I just got cold chills for some reason. (laughs) Um, Who is it? Is it one of my people? No, 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 no. I will tell you, it's like, there are so many times where I feel like I'm losing it, but I will tell you ghost hunting has been a really good thing for me because I'm able to sort of decipher. And there are different timelines, you know, people talk about past lives. So there are so many things when you interact with spirits, like when we, you know, some of these places that we went to were humongous and had tons and tons and tons of death, tragedy, et cetera. So it's like, you have to sort of Just trust that whatever's coming to you is coming to you for a reason. And I can feel it usually when I'm in places where I know it's something really, really, really not good. Sometimes I'm not fully ready for that. Do you put a wall up or something so that you don't see bad stuff or does that does it just all come in? This is what I tell people, people who have hauntings or things that have been uh, kind of attaching to them. They are in control. The living person is in control. It's so easy to let those thoughts sort of get into our heads and mess with us. So as long as I stay pretty solid, now I will say there are times when, and I have my trusty little necklace that my grandma gave me, but sometimes I feel like it is a lot. Now in day-to-day life, going to the grocery store and stuff like that, I've gotten pretty good at shielding that. But sometimes, you know, it's too much. And you encounter all kinds of spirits, entities. There's all kinds of, of things that, Walk the earth if you believe in all that kind of stuff. Something I meant to say at the beginning of the show, and please do not tell the others, but you are my favorite of the cast. Oh my God. I'm going to side text Ken real quick and tell him you told me. Don't tell the others I said that. <laughs> The first time I met you, you had told us all about Bigfoot. Can we talk about that? Because I don't get enough Bigfoot on this show. So we live near a cave system called Cumberland Caverns. It reaches all the way up to Canada. It's a humongous, one of the world's largest cave systems. It's always been believed that there's a lot of Bigfoot stuff, and there's a mountain here. My friend, who is my guru, my spiritual mentor, whatever, she lives, literally, she's the wood witch, lives in the middle of the woods. And she's always told us about her experiences with her furry friends, she calls them. Like I said, I'm a skeptic. I have to believe in stuff. But she's smart. This woman is just, she's had all kinds of insane experiences. So she's like, I'm going to show you. She was like, let's see if something will happen. She has a bluff behind her house. You kind of have to hike. 
but there's a bluff. And it's just like literally a mountain, like wooden mountain. She was like, I'm going to clap and see if anything happens. And like we were up on the bluff and she just kind of did a little rhythmic clap. You know, nothing happened. And she said, wait, I'm going to do it again. And she did another rhythmic clap. And I'm telling you, oh, I get chills all the way down. It sounded like somebody got a stick and was tapping on a tree the exact same rhythm. And I tried every way in the world to think about, did her did her son or her husband sneak and you know, <laughs> hide down the bluff to try to... I mean, I was amazed. And it's not like there were houses down there. This is the middle of the forest. I was flabbergasted. So they clap, and then the Bigfoots are like, we live for the applause, applause. <laughs> Snap, clap back. And that was insane. Insane. And that was only one experience I've had. Now, let me ask you this, though. When she just calls them her furry friends, I've seen some documentaries about these people they call furries. <laughs> Could it be a community in the woods of people that wear those mascot costumes and do what they do? You know, some wild stuff does go on in the South. It's very possible that that's who was out there. Can you imagine? Some furries <laughs> with a stick. And they, you know, it could be. All right. Next story. Next story. We were walking. This is me and my friend. And we were walking through the forest. And then I kind of went by myself a little bit further. And it's dark. I'm out. It's moonlit. Beautiful starry night. And we're kind of walking. And I look up. I think my friend stops in front of me. And I kind of look up. And it was much taller. It was just kind of a black figure. And it was much taller than me. But I wasn't afraid. That's what made me feel so strange. I was very calm. It was almost like letting me know I was okay. I'm telling you, it was the weirdest experience of my life. This is probably the weirdest experience. And I just kind of sort of backed up. I didn't say anything. And I turned around and see my friend. And I just walked back to the house. I didn't look back. Something told me not to look back. And I just kept walking to the house. But your friend didn't see it? No. But, okay, so... Was it like a living, breathing mammal or like some kind of... It seemed like a living, breathing mammal. It didn't seem like a ghost or an apparition. It was. It felt like an animal. I could feel it breathing. I could hear it breathing. <gasps> I'm telling you, it was the wildest experience of my whole life. But you didn't feel in danger. No, I felt... To- and that's another thing that was kind of strange because I... I knew it wasn't a person. It was just a tall figure and I felt really calm and relaxed. It was almost... I don't want to say hypnotized, but I felt sort of in a little bit of a fog. It was today the weirdest thing I've ever been through. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, going back to psychic stuff. Please. Why? And maybe don't answer this, but why do my dead people not want anything to do with me? (laughs) These people have died and they have never looked back. I've been to so many mediums. These bitches don't want to talk to me. They said, bye. Leave us alone. Don't involve other people. We're done. We have this ongoing thing, you and I, where I am so scared to give you a reading just because you intimidate the hell out of me. And I'm like, the first time we met, we had a little bit of a spiritual moment. And then once I realized what a bad bitch you were and you weren't taking no shit, it scared me. I had to step back. Personally, I can't speak for any other psychic on this planet. But for me, you're the queen and I bow down. See, but It'd be like Beyonce saying, can you connect me with my angels? I'd say, I really can't. I'm just very intimidated by your beauty. That's why I can never be like a quote-unquote celebrity psychic. Just people who are very 
confident and carry themselves. You, you're just, you're like I said, you're a star. People here have, you have fan clubs even in Tennessee. So it's a big deal. But stars want to talk to our dead loved ones too. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I've tried to read you two or three times and it's just never worked. I think that a lot of psychics are so convinced that I am like a non-believer, which is different than a skeptic. I am a believer. I want to be able to say I went to a psychic and they got me good, girl. Mm-hmm. Knowing you, I know that's 100% the truth. And that's another thing I'll say. Um, I was just at a party this weekend and somebody asked me a question that I get asked constantly. And I'm just going to say this on the podcast for people to hear. Um, they asked me, do you know a good psychic to recommend? And this is my personal belief on this. I don't believe in that because I have sent people to psychics that were pretty good for me and bombed that day. Right. I do think that some psychics have a stronger connection with other people. And so I don't really know the answer for how to find a good psychic. I don't know. Save up your money and try a bunch of different ones. I'm I'm not really sure. But I mean, I've also been to psychics that have been so good once and bad the next time. Like, I just don't like to put that power into a psychic and that expectation. I don't think it's fair to the psychic either that they're going to be good because they were good for my friend. They're going to be good for me. I will tell you that it's very like it should be a natural thing. It should be kind of a discovery thing you discovered on your own. A lot of people, most people who come to me have never had a reading in their life, whether they're an older person, a younger person. It's always a lot of new people. But I've learned that with being a psychic and reading, I have, like I said, released expectations of myself because the people who you read, you're supposed to read. You know, the people who you connect with, you're supposed to. And so if there's not a message for that person, it's just not supposed to happen with that person. And, you know, a lot of times it doesn't click. Anytime that doesn't happen, and I'd like to brag, it doesn't happen often. But when it doesn't click, <laughs> I know it's for a reason. You know, I don't beat myself up and they go, oh, I'm the worst psychic in the world. I know it's for a reason because I know the experiences I've had. I know the impact I've made. And so I sit really still with that. How are you with like um, future prediction or like that kind of a thing? Because I know you're really good with talking to loved ones. Do you do other psychic things like that? I don't like to do like love or money or stuff like that. I feel too responsible. I'm like, I'm not telling you about your husband cheating on you with his secretary. I'm not getting into all that. That's your business. That's what I want to get into. Oh, my God. I'm like, I want to get into people's dramas. I'm good at like babies. Oh, my God. I'm really good at calling pregnancies before they happen. And genders. (laughs) I'm really good at that. I know that's random, but like, and I'll tell people I don't do predictions because I don't plan I just keep it really in the spiritual. Most people who come to me know that it's talking to the dead people thing. So that's what they're wanting. But I'm really good at predicting babies and trips, a lot of random trips and to like specific places that they weren't planning on. And it's so funny. My favorite thing, like I said, this doesn't happen a lot, but if there's ever a time where something just isn't clicking and I feel it, I'm like, I cannot let this go. Inevitably, every time. My assistant will get a text or I'll get an email in the middle of the night. Oh, my God, it was X, Y, and Z, this, that, and the other. And it's, uh, like I said, I trust the process because I am a skeptic. And I, if I wasn't amazed by myself during this process and just what spirit kind of brings through me, I wouldn't keep doing it. 
I'd be like, I fucking suck. I'm out of here. You know, I'd, I'd retire from this business, but it's happening for a reason. Can you pick up on anything with me at this very moment? I love you so much. Um, hmm. We're on Zoom right now. Can Can you tell if I'm wearing pants? Yeah, I think I think you're in some great gauchos, some capris, some real good bloomers. Hold on, wait. I actually am getting something. Don't distract me. <gasps> I don't want to put too much pressure on it. You do make me nervous. Okay, I feel the, a female energy. This is somebody who is younger. This is not a, a family member. Mm. Hmm. Are you? Now, Roz, I don't know about this. This is, I, I really don't know your business like this. Are you dating anybody? Are you, have you found an interest? Um, I would like to say publicly, no. I <laughs> am available. Ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. This is a person who was in your life and uh, really made you laugh a lot, but I feel like she's telling me that you, um, hmm, I do see a man. I see a man, a big, strong man. But this woman also, did you wreck her car? Or was there something about, I know that sounds really weird, but was there a fender bender or something with her car? With a woman? With a woman, I, I don't know. It's like a younger woman who passed many years before I think she should have. But I feel like you were always bumping into people's cars. I don't know. Something about fender benders and doing a lot of weird driving. They're telling me, um, do you not like to drive or do you? I hate driving. Okay. You may have told me that. But I feel like you um, need to drive more, they're telling me. It's like <laughs> a fear you need to sort of conquer. There was there something with this woman in a car and something about like um, you always being on the move or did you talk to her a lot in your commute on the phone when you were in your car? Because I see you um, sort of. Who is she? I talk on the phone and drive all the time. I don't know. Did you lose a woman that was younger to you? Her name, uh, somebody with a K name, Katrina, maybe even. OK, so wait, hold on. I got to go back to 2000. And, OK, 2007. I'm seeing like a lot of uh, a lot of movement around you. This feels like a woman who was good to you at a time where you were sort of, I don't know. You said you moved. You told me once you moved to LA at like 17, right? Yes. So it may have been somebody who sort of guided you, mentored you. I want to say this about you. This is just aside from a reading. You're very upfront about being skeptical. You're very upfront about that. But I have never. In my time knowing you and I've traveled the country with you, you have always been supportive. And we've been in some weird situations together, but you've always been open to the experience. You've never just shut it down because you didn't understand. You've always researched and got to the bottom of it. And it just, it is really refreshing. I personally love a skeptic. You're not just taking everything for what it is. People do, people will take advantage of psychics and like, let them be a crutch. People will just listen to psychic advice. Right. And it's like, you are able to use your judgments, keep an open mind about it. And I, I really do appreciate that. Well, that's what I like for a psychic when it comes to paranormal investigating is like, let's listen to the psychic's feeling and where it's leading us. And then let's get a second opinion. Let's see what else we can get to confirm that. Yes. I love a fact check. And I, I, that's why I appreciated it so much, because it was like, 
Don't take my word for it 100% of the time. I could be wrong. Get some facts to back up what we're saying because we are vessels. We are tools. You know, we're a human ghost box, but we're not right 100% of the time, like you said. And you're never going to catch me saying that. Oh, my God. That's going to be my merch. We are tools. (laughs) Um, Okay, wait a minute. This lady in 2007. Wait, when did she die? She didn't die in 2007. She died like maybe 2013, more recently. But this was somebody who mentored you and was just kind of there for you at the start of your career. Um, hmm. Did you smoke cigarettes? Hell yeah. She smoked cigarettes too. <clears throat> she's having me sort of close up my throat a little bit. Who is she? Come on, lady. Show yourself. Are you Catholic? I was raised, yes. I heard Rosemary, but then I heard Mary, and I sort of went like this. Um, and then they showed me a little bead, so I don't know if this person was Catholic. I'm telling you, are you planning a tr- I saw you just got back from Europe, which I hope that was fun. It was. Are you planning any other trips abroad? I'm going to Mexico next month. I like the tropical vibe for you. That's good. That might be where you meet your hub. Ooh, a big, strong man. Yeah, I like that for you. But until then, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. That's right. Okay, thank you for that reading. I'll put it all together. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this TV show. Ooh. Living for the Dead. Great name. Oh, thank you. I do like the name a lot. <laughs> so, the show... God, there's like so much to talk about. Now, at the time of this recording, we've only seen one episode. Actually, tomorrow you and I are going to see two more episodes. So it's hard to sort of recap like what people may have seen or whatever. So I'm sure later on down the road, we'll have to talk more in depth about each episode. But generally speaking, what was the scariest place that you went Oh, my God. Bisbee, Arizona was so crazy. That was the craziest part of the whole trip for me. Absolutely. And that's 100% what I think for myself. And I know others in the group said that as well. Why would you say that? The Copper Queen Hotel. That was where the most unexplained stuff happened. There was some crazy things that were just mysterious. And the town itself was so sort of cool and creepy and had a neat vibe but the hotel was you just felt a real darkness there i don't know it was just by far the weirdest part of the trip the most dark i feel like i had the most interactions with spirits that were mind-blowing to me like i felt the most mentally affected there by the energy we were so immersed in it oh god that was a crazy thing because it's a big, tall hotel. And I don't know how many rooms, but probably over 100. I don't know. Yeah. And it was just us and our crew and nobody else in this building. And from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, just nonstop, you know, you shower in it, you do your makeup in it, like everything. And I do think that that's... a very powerful way to do an investigation is to really spend time and immerse yourself. And I often say, because I'm in an interesting position because I've interviewed so many people that have done these kinds of shows before, like now I've done one. So it's a little different for me now. But 
you know, I've always said with like these TV shows, like how can you go in there for like two days and sometimes things aren't going to happen. Like ghosts aren't just going to perform on command. And when you're there 24-7, and that place was so haunted that it was just nonstop. And things were happening when people were sleeping. And I will constantly keep saying this as I talk about this TV show. People have to keep in mind, like, the cameras don't see everything, but we're still in a haunted place. You're, like, putting on your underwear and you hear, like, a weird sound in the room. Like, obviously, there's no cameras around, but it's, like, it just never stops. I had to get used to just, as I fell asleep at night, I would hear screams, like, literally in my ear, just, like, gut-wrenching screams all night long that I knew were just, I don't know if it was a spirit, I don't know what it was, a memory. That was me. (laughs) I did not sleep the entire time I was there. No, you did not. And, like, that's another thing that would happen at that place. There's no cameras in the hallways or anything, so it's like... And I don't think that this really makes an interesting paranormal show to be like, I just felt something. (laughs) But walking up the stairs, multiple times, I would, like, hear and feel somebody right behind me following me up the stairs. (laughs) And that would just be, like, to go down and get some breakfast. I know. Oh, God. It was... A very, very stressful time for me. It was very emotionally hard. I will agree with you. Before I did this, I've ghost hunted before, but I've never stayed the night in a place or multiple nights at that. And it is important because you do get the full experience. But my God, it is so draining. By by the time that was over, I was wore out. I was so, yeah, that was a lot. Well, you also, in not at that location, but a couple of locations, honey, those ghosts got up inside of you. Oh, my God. Can you talk about that? So, I will be honest, that is the first time that's ever happened in that way. I've dealt with some sort of spirit attachments in the past. But what's funny is the first time it happened to me on the show, I was so sort of embarrassed. And I remember going up to the executives and just being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed because I didn't want to, I literally got overwhelmed with the spirits and just, they sort of came inside me. Let me stop. No, don't stop. (laughs) So the ghost came inside of you. It was something that I didn't have control over. Like you said, it happened a couple of times. And those were moments where I felt, at least the first time where I felt sort of scared and out of control, like it was almost more than I had bargained for. Well, we were in Las Vegas at a famous strip club called the Palomino, which honestly might have been my favorite location. But this moment was intense. I'm sitting here minding my own business. I think I was in the middle of a conversation with a ghost. I was getting somewhere with them. And then all of a sudden, you and Juju blast through the room, and it was not you. You were fully... Would you say possessed? I would say that. As much as I hate to say that, and I'm always like, oh, God. I, To me, in my Southern Christian upbringing, that word is so, like, scary and intense. But that's what it was, you know? And I'm like, seeing that back is, you know, going to be hard. Yeah. It was crazy. That's the first time I had ever witnessed somebody possessed. My favorite thing as a fan of movies where people get possessed is they they do this thing where they're like they're they're being all possessed and then and then all of a sudden the demon like lets you 
see the real person again where they're like, Mommy, please get me out of here. <laughs> and then, then the mom starts to fall for it. Then all of a sudden the little girl goes, just kidding, bitch. <laughs> like that is my favorite part. And I feel like I was kind of getting like little moments of you being you. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, fuck. Like it's not him. Like it kept coming and going and it was a real roller coaster. And also it was like we had a we had a dinner reservation that we needed to catch. And it's like we got to get this demon out of here because this is Las Vegas. Time is money. Let's go. Get get out. And the demon would not get out. And we're like, come on, wrap it up. It was a moment where I felt out of control. But it, it happens in this line of work. And people need to know that also. Like I want to just say this, ghost hunting or doing anything like this. It's really not to be taken lightly. I've done this business professionally for 10 years. I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot. So even though it took me a little off guard, I was, you know, at least somewhat prepared. And I had my team, you guys, to back me up. But I think messing around with ghosty stuff casually, it can be sort of dangerous. I just wanted to throw that out there. I will say on record, I've got my strengths. I've got my weaknesses. Mm. When you're possessed, I ain't helping. No. And I'm not going to lie. I was not I was not much help there. I was like this is for Juju to deal with. Ken, you know, Ken's got some saints on a bracelet somewhere or something. I'm going to sit back here and I think I was hungry and I was like I'm not getting involved. I don't want the demon flying over here. I'm good. I can't even remember, but I'm sure you were in the corner somewhere, like, looking doe-eyed and scared. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Well, yes. And I remember there was a moment where Ken and Juju were doing this kind of motion where they were, like, taking it out of you. (laughs) They were, like, taking their hand, sort of pulling it and throwing it behind them. And I happened to be behind them. And so I kept moving in every direction. I'm like, don't throw that at me. I don't want that. Dodging the spirit being literally, I was like karate chopping in every direction. I was like the Matrix whipping that ponytail. Yes. Uh huh. Um, what is your favorite memory of me while doing the show? We've had many moments. I love getting to vintage shop with you in Vegas. Oh, that was fun. You and your Crocs and your big hats. We did go vintage shopping in Vegas, which is one of my favorite places to go antique and vintage shopping. That was fun. You know what was what was really nice was when we first got together, we were all like, let's share things about us. Let's just like tell each other stuff about us. I think that was really nice. That was one of my favorite moments. Just like getting to know each other more. Oh, yes. When we stopped at that gas station at Area 51 or whatever that was. Oh, yeah. We stopped at the the, the alien cat house brothel. Oh, my God. That was <laughs> fun. That was great. Well, we went to, like, the convenience store next to it and got snacks. That was fun. I don't know. It was just great being with a team of people who were not only good at what they did, but we all really were able to f- become a family and become close even on our worst days, we always have the best for each other. And I think that's something beautiful that came out of it. Not only, you know, ghost hunting and helping people, but getting to do it with each other has been a lot of fun. Well, it's a very unique bond that you create with somebody when not only are you going to be on a TV show that the world is going to see. And I mean, in some ways, a kind of controversial 
content or whatever and have to deal with yeah. how scary that can be. But we also spent all day and night together with demons crawling behind us. And it's crazy how you can bond with somebody like that. That's kind of for a lifetime. Yeah, who else can relate to it? You know, it's like, uh, you're in this together whether you like it or not, you know? Yeah. Can I play you some ghost voices? I would love you to. Okay. It's time for EVPs or EVPs. Okay. So, Logan, what I do and some of the people in McMenville, Tennessee might know this. I go to YouTube, TikTok, wherever, and I find EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon. And I'm going to play two of them for you, and I want you to tell me what you hear, and then I'm going to give you a couple of choices. The correct answer is going to be what the ghost hunter that posted it believes it said. Okay, the first one was posted by Quinn Dewar, on YouTube. Okay. And it is at a place, I don't even know if you remember this, we made a very brief stop in Tombstone, Arizona. We did not do that on the show. We did that on our way to Bisbee. We stopped there just to check it out because it's a famous haunted little town. And this is at one of the real famous, well-known haunted haunts of Tombstone called the Birdcage Theater. Okay. We didn't, like, go in it, in it, but I did buy a magnet that sits on my fridge currently. So I know I've been there, and I assume you were with me. So what is this ghost saying at the Birdcage Theater? Okay, you can kind of hear a human talk nah, 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 in the back, but that's not it. That's the deeper, like, like that. One, one more time. Don't touch the pipe? I don't know. Don't touch the <laughs> pipe? Oh, I can hear that. Don't touch the pipe. What does that mean? I don't know. Okay. That is not what Quinn Dewar believes it said. Let me hear it. Reveal it. Is it A? Don't tell my wife. How many times have I heard that? <laughs> is it B? Don't touch the lights. Ooh. Is it C? Enjoy the ride. Or D? You're not my type. Damn. A is my answer. Don't tell my wife? Yeah. Oh, don't touch the light. It sounds very much like don't touch the light. That's what they believe it is. Don't touch the lights. That is freak Ola. <sighs> That's creepy. Um, okay. This next one is from Mystique Paranormal on YouTube. And it's at a private residence okay. in McMinn County, Tennessee. You're lying. Is that your, is that the same as McMinnville? No, did you do that on purpose? No, it's just, it's all random. Oh, wow. Amazing. I guess it was psychic. Um, okay. <laughs> what is this ghost in McMinn County at a private residence saying? Now that one I'm going to have to hear a few more times. Okay, it does cost $5 each time. I'll Venmo you. 
It's actually kind of a similar cadence to the last one. It is. Any guesses? No. No guesses. I, I will guess once I hear my choices. Okay. Is it A, I'll go fart? Damn. <laughs> I don't come up with these. Yes, I do. <laughs> is it B, you're almost smart? Damn. That's shade Whoa. right there. Is it C, all goes hot? I don't know what that means. Or D, all ghosts fuck? Oh, my God. I mean... Something about hot. Did we say something about hot? Yes, all goes hot. I hear all ghosts fuck. I'm sorry. And I, <laughs> and I, and I appreciate... The ghost letting people know. Um, yes, it is all goes hot. Um, and they did say that the temperature started to get warmer in the room when the ghost said that. And I again, could be the ghost being like, let's get hot in here. Could have been hotboxing that with a fart too. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Logan, I think that's pretty much it. Is there anything that you want people to know about with the TV show, anything that we didn't cover. I mean, there's so much we didn't cover. We spent nine weeks or something like that together. But um, yeah, we'd be here all day. I'm just, I miss you already. Oh, Logan. Um, okay. Well, then I guess we won't talk anymore about it. <laughs> Where do you want people to find you? Uh, they can go to my website at intuitivelogan.com or they can find me on Instagram at intuitivelogan. Are you open for readings? I'm giving readings. I'm booking uh, the second part of next year now. People better get in there. The prices are going to go up. I got a feeling. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. You know what I'm going to do is because you do them over Zoom. Yeah, mostly. I am going to do some of my character work. And I am going to put on some silly glasses and a wig, and I'm going to pretend I'm somebody else and see if my spirits come through, because then you won't think it's me. That's a probably a good tactic. I'll be waiting. Okay. Or I won't know it's you. I won't be waiting, actually. It'll be a complete surprise. Yeah. And then the lady from the Fender Bender in 2007 is going to be like, it's me, bitch. It's me. Okay. Well, hey. Thanks for talking. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Now I see why everybody's obsessed with the show. Oh, you. I know, I know. You could just eat me up, couldn't you, Ross? <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Logan Taylor. Again, make sure you're streaming the TV show called Living for the Dead, which comes out October 18th on Hulu. All eight episodes dropping at the same time. Now, let me see here. Let me do the math. We've already had Juju. We've had Alex. We've had Logan. <gasps> that leaves one more person. Ken Boggle. Ken Boggle will be joining me next week. Ken is a paranormal investigator, but also somebody with psychic abilities and an incredible tarot reader. And he uses tarot in his paranormal investigations in such a, a powerful way. So we'll get into all that next week with Ken. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye!
This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at RozHernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Christina Chamberlain. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch-Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling Karen Kilgariff, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. Follow Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase Ghosted by Roz Hernandez merch.